Hey, this is Sean Boyle. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Gron. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. And today I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Sean Boyle. Sean is a serial entrepreneur, and that does not mean he eats cereal for breakfast. He is commanding a seven-figure digital marketing agency, Momentum 360. He also founded the Sean Boyle Podcast. It's a weekly podcast on entrepreneurship, investing, and lifestyle. Sean is a phenomenal digital marketer. He's also an investor, and I'm so excited for you to hear about his journey. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figures success. I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me. Let's do this. Sean, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Stacey. Absolute pleasure. Oh, so let's talk about your journey. You know, you're, you're, you're pretty young, right? And you're already commanding a seven-figure digital marketing business, which I just think is phenomenal. So I'd like for our listeners to really get to know you and, and a little bit about your journey. Have you always been an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I actually just turned 24 this past month in July and I'll Happy kind of birthday. the audience. Thank you so much. Kobe, my Kobe year, 24. I love it. <laughs> be a good one. And um, yeah, I guess I'll take you, you and your audience back to when I was a wee lad in college and that really kind of set the bar. So I was at Penn state, I was studying engineering and it was really something Stace that I was just about it for the money, right? I saw that hundred thousand dollars starting salary I was like, oh my gosh, six figures when I get out and making all this money, buy the fancy car, the whole bit. But as I started to really get into the curriculum of engineering, I didn't like it. Mm. I mean, I was decently good at it, but it wasn't something where I could hang my hat and say, oh yeah, like I can get up and love what I do every single day. And this is going to be me, Sean the engineer. No, it wasn't going to work out. Yeah. So I was kind of you know, frantically panicking. I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm in college. I need to figure out what I want to do. So let's figure it out. And 
I think uh, one of my strengths is, you know, emotional uh, awareness of myself and really where I, I stand in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was able to really be honest with myself and say, okay, let me take some career tests. Let me talk to the people that know me best and kind of gauge their interests. Like what, what can you see me doing? What, what, what am I good at? And kind of find a good teeter totter of, of the middle. Right. Mm-hmm. So I remember my buddy at the time, uh, he came into my dorm, it's a freshman and uh, his name's Zach, great guy, works at IBM actually right now. And he's like, Sean, you ever hear this guy, Gary Vaynerchuk? He's with digital marketing. You ever hear something like that? And I said, no, Zach, I haven't. So I went on Gary's website and I was checking out all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this digital marketing stuff, PPC, SEO, this is, you're saying I could work from a laptop of that digital nomad lifestyle mm-hmm. and essentially help small businesses. I mean, that checks all of my boxes. So as I started to really get involved in that world, I was applying to internships left and right. And Irene Hurt, I have to give a huge, huge shout out to her because at Penn State Altoona, she is one of the best, if not the best advisor I've ever had. Wow. And she simply said, Sean, here's a list is about this big of uh, pages of like internships, right? So I was like, all right, let's start applying to some. And the first one that caught my eye was Momentum Digital. Mm-hmm. So my now partner, Mac Frederick, I hit him back way. It, it wasn't even for that summer. It was for the, for the uh, following summer because I wanted to get ready. I wanted to kind of, you know, understand SEO. I really wanted to make an impact, you know, because I, I would be lying to myself if I said, all right, let's do this summer internship. And I don't know anything about digital marketing. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that, you know, my uh, cognizant level of understanding is up to par with what momentum needs me, you know, to be it at, right? Mm-hmm. So following summer, I'm a sophomore, I'm starting off doing, you know, uh, sales intern stuff, I'm, I'm selling and cold calling, I'm actually helping make designs for the blockchain world conference, which John McAfee, the late, great John McAfee actually keynoted in, mm-hmm. in Jersey. And Mac really understood the value that I was bringing. I, I think in that summer space, I sold like a quarter of a million in, in ticket sales or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was really based off of cold calling. We had a whole list of just my cold calling process. And then I had an awesome thing called talk to, which is like a messenger bot, which we would get thrown in, you know, inbound questions like, Hey, how much do the tickets cost? How much does this cost? Blah, blah, blah. And I would go ahead and close. So that's really where I started to get my dig into selling and entrepreneurship. I think a little bit of it is really like natural, like sales ability, just being extroverted. And the fact that my bar, my dad had a bar, you know, I want to say for five years in, in South Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So that definitely helped out. And for me to, you know, be 15 years old, making drinks and having a little, you know, tuxedo <laughs> to serve all these people. I think that helped out as well. But that's, I really think I, I've had that natural craft of, you know, building a business and, and selling and, and making relationships. I really think that's something I've always had, to be honest that's with you. Phenomenal. So, so you talked about being at Penn State and, and having your eye on that hundred thousand dollar prize, right? The, the little bit that I have gotten to really know you, money doesn't seem to be the focus today. Sure. So, so how, how do you define success today at 24? And what is your focal point today as you're building your businesses? Well, it's not easy at all because I'll be, you know, hand raised, brutally honest to be 24 years old and, and have, you know, the, the level of success we're having it's quite hard to kind of say, oh my God, like, let's be humble and, you know, not 
you know, mm-hmm. try to buy everything in sight because it's, it's, it's tempting. But, you know, for my morals, I want to just be humble and reinvest in, in certain things and, and assets that I see keen to put me up in, in the stratosphere for the future. And for my mm-hmm. family, you know, I'm not a monetary uh, guy. And I really try to emulate that to my team. You know, I just had a sales meeting you know, 25 minutes ago before this call. And I was talking about, listen, it's, you can't have that short-term mindset of selling. You need to make a personal relationship. So that's why instead of, you know, teaching them scripts and, and teaching my team, you know, sales tactics, don't get me wrong. That's very important. But I think learning emotional intelligence and mm-hmm. communication and really just the human nature of, of, you know, us living, that is going to go so much farther than, Hey, my name is Sean Boyle, you know, here are my services. Right. Yeah. So that's something where as a team, I really love to see that, to see that personal growth and to see us helping so many people and businesses. Mm-hmm. I can't tell me how many people Stace have, you know, come out of the woodwork from like my YouTube channel, from them being clients of mine, from referrals and saying, Hey, Sean, I, you know, thank you so much for, for what you're doing. This is great. And to me, it's like, yeah, we're providing a service, which is cool, but I really try to have that, you know, persona behind it, just making a connection and, and just giving them, um, you know, really what they need to help their business with. And I think, you know, me on a human level, they can understand that with COVID, especially, you know, it was something where if I can impact a certain amount of people, that's how I'm going to define success. It's not going to be all this monetary stuff. Don't get me wrong. It comes with that. We all know it comes with that, but you know, it's just being grounded into Mm -hmm. that. And again, like I said, it's, it's difficult to be this young and, and, you know, just try to remain humble, but you know, that's the, the nature of the beast, as they say. No, I love it. I love it. So you keep bringing up uh, emotion, uh, emotional awareness. Uh, I, I like to call it EQ, right? Our, our emotional intelligence. Talk to me about, about emotional awareness. You know, not a lot of uh, salespeople, not a lot of entrepreneurs, not a lot of business people really talk about EQ very much. And, you know, it's, it's a big thing for me because I believe that it's what most miss. And that's, that's a sweet spot where success really exists. The higher your emotional awareness, your emotional intelligence, the, the higher your EQ, the easier success becomes, correct? Yeah. So, so share with us uh, what it is you're referring to when you keep saying emotional awareness. Yeah, so it's really about knowing, like if I'm trying to sell you or selling a prospect, I really need to understand who they are and, and the position they're in, right? So I kind of take yep. a reverse engineering approach and I'll give you an example. If there's a gym owner who they're not getting that many memberships, I kind of want to put myself and visualize myself in their shoes and kind of understand their main pain points. So obviously lack of memberships is one, lack of revenue, lack of brand awareness, I guess, because people aren't getting the word out. So how would I feel if... I had this, excuse me, failing business post COVID, you know, I, I big health advocate and I can't share my, you know, gym with the world because, you know, for whatever circumstances I take that knowledge and then I try to apply that to what I tell them. My pitch is exactly what they need to hear at that amount of time, whether it's again, getting new members, brand awareness, whatever it's going to be, but it's really on an emotional level 
showing them, listen, I, I completely understand. I'm very empathetic to the situation and I'm just willing to work with you, you know, on a long-term basis to help you. And this isn't something that I'm really looking to, you know, because with, with virtual tours and digital marketing, it's a very profitable industry, but mm -hmm. it's something that people need. And pe a lot of people don't really know about. So mm -hmm. that's really what I mean by all this, you know, emotional uh, intelligence and awareness talk. It's something that if you can put yourself in the mind of the prospect and identify their pain points and then reverse engineer exactly what they need to hear, not only are you going to be able to close a lot easier, but it's going to just appear more natural. You know, like that person, they're going to be like, oh my God, like we had a great conversation and we made it happen. It's not even going to feel like a sale, quote unquote. It's, and that's, I, I, my philosophy with, with selling in general is very different from the average person because, you know, you think of the Jordan Belfords of the world and pick it up the phone and just, you know, we're ringing the phone till your knuckles fall off. And it's mm -hmm. just, that's not how you got to do it. You really got to take that calculated, I like to say sniper approach where you're being more efficient rather than the shotgun approach where, you know, you blast out to a million people and you're, you're not very accurate. Right. So right. Right. Well, I learned a long time ago in business, spraying and praying and showing up and throwing up do not work out. Right. Exactly. It's, it's about, inserting something that has been missing in business uh, ever since the evolution of technology. And that's really incorporating the human element into it. You know, the person that, that we're engaging with, the, the person who we're sitting across from or speaking with on the phone, you know, they have a life, they have fears, they have dreams, they have concerns, they have problems, they have pain points, they have desires. And if we're coming in with a foveal vision to insert product into the need, want, and desire, then we're missing the human element. We're missing the compassion. We're missing the empathy. We're missing the communication. We're missing the connection. You know, each person, there is, I, I get asked all the time, hey, can you help me write out a script? Well, reality is scripting is a cookie cutter approach. And in my humble opinion, cookie cutters belong in the kitchen. Cookie cutters do not belong in sales, right? Yeah. I'm not saying that, that there can't be a, a scripted approach. I'm saying if someone's sole intention is to follow a script, they're missing out on what's necessary for that engagement. And that's the, and, and, and that's the connection. And, sure. and, and I think so many people are showing up from, from their model of the world, their need to make a sale, their need to, to pay their bills, their, their scarcity, their fear, their, their emotional state. They insert that into every relationship and it only becomes one-sided. Or, or they miss out on the opportunity to have a two-sided approach. Right. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you look at what you just said, you know, creating a script and me reading off of a blank sheet of paper, just words. I mean, there's so many things that are left out. It's like talking on, on a phone or, or texting. The tonality and the way I deliver those words is different. Yeah. So it's just taking the, 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 sheer personality and emotion out of it. And I feel a lot of people confuse, you know, it, it's the words that do the job rather than the person. And it's complete opposite. You know, you mm -hmm. got to get the persona down and the words are only there to kind of, it's the tightrope, so to speak, you know, like the straight line that Jordan Belford loves to refer to. 
is, you know, this is the tightrope we need to walk on. But for the most part, it's the person steering the ship in their own words and in tonality that's going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you're young, 24. I mean, your, your success is incredible. And the only reason why I continue to bring up your age is because success is a process. It is a culmination of a series of actions and activities that get us to a certain position. So it doesn't matter if you're, well, Les started his journey at, what was he? in his mid fifties, Les Brown. And, you know, he, he acquired an, an amazing level of success at when most people are thinking about retiring, you know, you're on the opposite spectrum. When I was your age, I was making uh, mid six figures as, as a corporate manager. And I, I had an amazing level of success and didn't know the opportunities that existed in the entrepreneurial world until I did. So at your age, what inspires you? What drives you? What, what gets you out of bed? Because let's face it, you know, success isn't easy. It's simple. It takes an immense amount of devotion, dedication, fortitude, sacrifice. Most 24 year olds, like Gary V said, you know, all his friends were out, all the, out in a bar partying when he was humping cases of wine for his dad in the warehouse. And now that, you know, he's got the status he has, all his friends are like, you're so lucky. And he was like, lucky. No, this had nothing to do with luck. This had to do with why you guys were out, you know, keg stands and slamming kegs and, <laughs> and picking up people at bars. I did, I, I, I gritted it out. Right. So what inspires you? That's a loaded question. Um, I mean, my family obviously is one and the legacy I want to bestow on them. Take you a backstory to, you know, when I was graduating high school, I got a call from my dad and I thought it was going to be a celebratory call. Oh, we're going to go, you know, to the bar or something. And, you know, this is what we're going to do for your graduation. But it was a very ominous call. He essentially told me he was getting indicted by the federal government on a couple counts of wire and mail fraud. Fast forward to three months, he's then being found guilty in a court of common peers for said cases. And uh, he was put away for about four and a half years. Mm -hmm. And while I was in college, I really calloused my mind to understand what I need to do as a man and as a human being to really survive and put myself in the best point of view. And I think that's the, the, and this is going to sound, you know, kind of awkward and counterintuitive, but that's the, the single number one um, most informative moment of my life right there. Cause I was faced with a, a decision. It was like, okay, dad's going to prison. I, you know, have all these emotional blockages, all these, you know, social blockages that, that are going to happen. But what am I going to do? Cause I'm a very binary person as it is. I'm, I'm actually colorblind, which <laughs> I think that's hilarious, but as a black and white kind of mentality, I either could have went and, and got hooked on drugs and been out partying till you know the wee hours, or I could have done what I did and stood up, put on my boots, and and went to work for for what I, I want to be known for. And I've always had a love for real estate. I've always you know really had a love for business. So for me to really sink my teeth into what I'm doing now and just continue to do it and love it every mm-hmm. single day, 
it's the legacy that really sets it apart. Because like we were talking about earlier, Stace, it's not about the money for me. It's really about, okay, what is my legacy going to be at the mm-hmm. end of the day? Is it going to be something where people genuinely love me, like Mike Tyson or you know Habib Nurmagomedov? I'm a big fighting fan, so those are two of my big icons. Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be something where, yeah, Sean Boyle, kind of a sketchy cat, really not the, the pleasure to do business with him, so to speak. So it's always been that type of mentality, that long-term approach of, you know, I am 24 mm-hmm. you know, and, and I have a long life, but to me, I don't have time. I need to push, push, push. And I think that a lot of successful people feel that is they want to, you know, get in as much as they can now to when they're, you know, 50 and 60, they're, they're doing great other things. Cause I never want to retire. I always want to keep working. I, I love this stuff. Like my mm-hmm. idea of fun is going on all these, you know, business lunches and sure going to clubs, that's fun, but sitting down, helping clients and, and really just helping further their dream. Mm-hmm. That's what I genuinely love to do. And like people who are listening, this might be Sean, you're, you're, you sound so much fun. It's like, it's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, Oh, I'd love to, you know, go, you want that. It's, it's what I genuinely love it. It's something that I, I really, I feel blessed that I, I understand what I, I love. I think a lot of people in this world, they're clinging on to someone else's idea, someone else's dream and they can't think for themselves, oh, what do I really love? What's my passion? What's my legacy going to be? Mm-hmm. So it's really just that long-term approach. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I think, you know, advice for a 24 year old right now would be, you know, hit some psychology books and, and YouTube videos and just like understand who you are as a person, like what makes you tick. And I think in all areas of your life, you know, financially, spiritually, physically, mentally, it's all going to go up. It's all going to be uh, positive. Absolutely. And, you know, that message can go to to anyone. It doesn't matter what their age is, because because reality is it's it's never too late or too early to start. And it just is about the now. The choices you make today are going to impact your tomorrow. And yesterday is nothing more than a lesson that you get to embrace, whatever that yesterday was. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so how does an intern become a business owner with the person they interned for? (laughs) So again, back when I think it was 2018 making quarter million dollars in sales. And when Mac really saw, and the whole team for that matter, oh, the Sean Boyle cat, he's, you know, can provide a lot of value. I start getting you know more and more responsibilities, right? And in the back of my mind, this was a you know very small digital marketing company, just HQ'd in Philadelphia. We were doing business in Philadelphia for the most part. We weren't in all 50 states and you know, 10 other countries like we are right now. So in my mind, I really started to manifest. I think I can earn a little piece of this pie. Mm-hmm. You know, how am I gonna do it? So every single day I kind of sought after responsibilities and tasks and just going the extra mile, right? So I'll tell you my whole daily routine, what I would do. And, and this is, again, this is what you got to do, right? I woke up around you know, quarter to four. I went to the gym, immediately got that part out of my day. You know, always, always want to go to the gym. It's the hardest thing, at least in, you know, my opinion, you know, a, a person's day can have is just go to the gym and sweat it out. Everything else is going to be easy from there. From there, I would hop on the train, take me like an hour or so to get in the office, so let's just say around 6 a.m. I would get in the office every single day in the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Go to the office, immediately hit Slack, catch up on my emails and do all this kind of stuff. So my day-to-day stuff 
really was finished at like 9, 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. So 10 to 5 and 6, I was really creating other opportunities, whether it's having lunch with this person that I haven't caught up with in forever, who would be a good partner for us, or talking to this person if you know they'd like to get a virtual tour, talking to this person if they want SEO. So I started to really get a good understanding of, okay, if I want to earn a piece of this pie, it's, it's really about sales. I mean, what's the most important thing about, you know, helping a business thrive? It's, it's bringing in the money. Obviously the mm-hmm. operations, the marketing, that stuff is, is very, very important, but making money and, and, you know, having the ship carry on, that's, that's what needs to happen. So I just started turning into, for lack of a better term, just like this absolute madman hunting down contacts and making relationships, mm-hmm. you know, hitting people up on LinkedIn, whatever I really needed to do. And again, through client signing here and there, I got elevated to sales director. And then I remember distinctly two years ago, it was uh, you know, quite around this time. It was early August. It was uh, a birthday celebration for me and a couple other team members. Mm-hmm. It was with Mac Frederick and his then partner, who's not with the company anymore, and we had a nice big dinner over the Capitol Grill. And they said, hey, Sean, we want to give you a part of this pie. Mm-hmm. And in less than, than two years doing this with, with momentum, I was able you know, to achieve that. And I really think I wouldn't have done it without having that you know, consistent schedule, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's something where for me, I'm really just a, a worshiper to my calendar. Whatever's in the calendar, let's just knock it out, right? So that's really how I did it. It's um, looking back on it, you know, a great moment for sure. And, you know, to have the relationship I do with Mac right now, I mean, it's unprecedented. It's, it's like peanut butter and jelly, whatever kind of combination you want to put there. Mm-hmm. It's just perfect. So, you know, I, looking back on it, there's a lot of key moments from there, but I, I think just being consistent and, and putting in the work day in and day out, you know, it, it's going to show, you know, you're going to, you know, get recognized for that. That's phenomenal. So, so talk to me about, uh, about obstacles, failures, how have they impacted your journey to success? Sure. So I have a different philosophy, I'd say, than the average person on failure. So failure for me, you know, if I don't land this client, I don't land, you know, this deal, whatever, if I, you know, if this person turns me down for lunch and, and, and quite frankly, if this girl turns me down for dinner, like this could also be a personal thing, right? Too. Mm-hmm. Jocko Willink, he's a ex Navy SEAL and, and he's a great, great video on YouTube. It's like two minutes and, and just entitled good, right? And essentially it's just reiterating exactly what I just said. Mm-hmm. Didn't take you out to dinner, good. You have other opportunities to take more people out. You didn't get this client, good. You have more time to spend it on other clients. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my main philosophy when I look at obstacles. Like I could, you know, between recording this awesome podcast and, and, and ending it, you know, I could get a million messages saying, hey, Sean, we didn't get this big whale we were, you know, expecting to get. What are we going to do? I'm like, well, we're going to keep on keeping on, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. And the cool thing about rejection is, sure, they, they might reject this now, but let's, let's follow up in, in a quarter. Let's show them with examples and other, you know, case studies why we are who we say we are, rather than just emailing them back and texting and say, hey, you know, can we follow up? Like, is this going to be a call? Instead of that nonsense, show them with action mm-hmm. and things that they want to, you know, genuinely hear. So that's really what I think about obstacles. And I, I don't try to, you know, there's a great Instagram pick where it's like, you know, people like to take, 
you know, metaphorical blocks of failure and put them on their back. I like to take those blocks and make it a stepping stone. I mean, we've all seen that, that, you know, post, yeah. right. It's so true. You, you just need to build that, you know, no pun intended, ride the wave of momentum mm-hmm. onto the next thing, because there's only going to be so many things of rejection until you learn from that. And you generally have to learn from that. Uh, like what you did wrong, you could have put in a sentence here. You could have, you know, asked the question here. There mm-hmm. could have been a million learn from that. And then you have the same opportunity and close the deal. Now that's a success right there. Cause you learned from that. And, and I, I, that honestly gives me more joy and pleasure and learning what I did wrong and fixing that mm-hmm. rather than just like going out and having a perfect meeting. You know what I mean? Cause nothing went wrong. Right. So I, I, it's for me learning about what I could do better and, and going from there. So that's really how I think about obstacles. I think a lot of, you know, people nowadays they have a, a, you know, this, this misconception that, you know, you need to be perfect. You need to be, as Gary says, you know, 182 and oh, but he's trying to be like, you know, 182 and 76, you know, you're gonna mm-hmm. have some losses along the way, but you're gonna have more wins than losses if you have that mentality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in my humble opinion, there is no such thing as perfection. In my humble opinion, all we can do is expect the best version of ourselves and show up in a state of excellence, give 100% of 100% every day. And are things gonna go wrong? They can. And if they do, if we embrace that as the learning structure and just, and it creates that next stepping stone for us to get even better, that allows us to be a better version of ourselves the next day. So I wholeheartedly embrace that definition of obstacles and, and, and failures. I believe the only time we ever fail is when we choose to allow ourselves to repeat the same thing over because we chose to not learn from a situation that delivered the learning in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I just want to reiterate what you said so, so important is it's not about perfection. It's about being the best version of you possible. And I like that's that's such a cliche phrase, so to speak, but it's a beautiful phrase in that, you know, that's all you can do. You know, we're imperfect beings as it is. You know, God didn't make us perfect. If he did, who would have knows we'd be doing something crazy with aliens? I don't know. But <laughs> have, it's like, seriously, who knows, right? But to, to show up every day, put your boots on and, and be the best person you can be. That's all you ask. That's yeah, all you ask. I agree. So, so you own a digital marketing company. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what digital marketing is. So how about, can, can we start with what is digital marketing? And then what do you see most people do wrong when it comes to digital marketing? I can write a whole book about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked. Yeah. So for people listening at home that really don't understand digital marketing, the best way I can describe it is helping a business grow their digital presence. Okay. So what does that mean? If I were to Google best podcast in America or something, I would find your show, right? If I was to Google best marketing agency, best digital marketing agency in Philadelphia on Google, we would pop up number one. Okay. And that's, you know, uh, through a system and service called search engine optimization or SEO. Mm -hmm. Now, in regards to what people do wrong, there's just so much stigma of, you know, oh, is this even working? Is this not? Because there's a lot of self-made gurus on YouTube and Google that they'll spend millions of advertising dollars on that have no idea genuinely how to build a company's digital presence. 
the main reason why I was so attracted to Momentum Digital is because Mac Frederick actually was an ex-employee of Google. So for me, I was like, okay, Google, it's the number one search engine. We're all advertising on it. He knows exactly how to build this from, you know, grassroots to, you know, riches. So he is legitimate. He's, he's going to be someone who I need to really hang on to rather than the people who, you know, they're the HubSpot Facebook experts. I mean, it's such a dime a dozen. Everybody has a badge for something, right? So I think for me, I was lucky to really find someone who knew and and worked at one of the best companies, if not the best company in the entire world and and figured out, okay, these are the tactics that actually work. These are the ones we want to stay away from. And you want to go from there. I mean, it's a shame that kids nowadays, Stacey, they're in high school, they're in college, they want to get into digital marketing and they find these gurus that they think they're legitimate and they spend thousands of dollars on their courses and what do they get after? They ungats, they don't get anything. So for me, I've always wanted to just keep that, you know, open mind of, okay, I have a good connection here, but what else can I learn? Like, what, what else am I missing? And I think that student mentalities, you know, helped our clients really well, but you know, th- there's a lot of gurus and it, it's hard to get, you know, out of that trap. It's like, who do you want to trust? I, I, but I think a good way to combat that is just having a conversation with these people and, and truly learning, you know, from all these kind of people from walks of life, what are they all about? And how can you, again, take what they're doing and apply that to your mm-hmm. own business? And if it works, great, you're legitimate. If it doesn't, then, you know, you know, to move on and go talk to somebody else. But I mean, like I told you earlier, I could write a whole book about what people do wrong in digital marketing, like any other industry. But, you mm-hmm. know, since it's such a hot topic right now, a lot of people want to emulate it and get into the business. So can you share with our listeners, what's the difference between search engine optimization and social media marketing? Because I think, I think people, uh, entrepreneurs and small business owners, and even independent sales contractors, they look at them as if it's synonymous and they don't understand that they're very different. Right. Yeah. It's one of these things where, so for SEO, it's how to rank higher organically for a certain term, okay? So let's just take, there's two kinds of SEO. There's website SEO, on-page SEO, and then local SEO, okay? So website SEO and on-page SEO, it's essentially taking the content you have, whether it's the written content, whether it's a video or something, and optimizing it to help rank on Google for that certain key phrase. So again, let's just go back to the whole digital marketing example. Mm-hmm. If I was to optimize my website, I would put in all these kind of tags. And I don't want to get too specific to confuse anybody, right. but you're right. exactly taking that tag and making it, you know, optimize so you could rank for that certain keyword. So that's pretty much on a nationwide level, how you can rank for, you know, best digital marketing company, because the website that that's your main source. People are always going to be drawn back to that. Right. So that needs to be the strongest for sure. Okay. Now, local SEO it's how you can rank higher locally. So there's a beautiful thing called the map pack or snack pack on Google, which we probably have all seen. If we were to type in, you know, best restaurants near me, we would have that three prong row of restaurants that mm-hmm. are the highest rated. They have like a you know, five out of five rating with like a million reviews. And, you know, they're, they're some of the best in, in the city for good reason, right? Mm-hmm. That is essentially where you want to be. 
that gets the most amount of clicks. I want to say like not 100%, but 95% of all clicks are on the first page. 90% of those clicks are in that snack pack. Okay, so just try to wrap your head around that. It's, it's wow. crazy. You know what I mean? So that's really, really important for local SEO. That's exactly um, what you do. Now for social media marketing, it's a two-pronged approach for the most part. You want to advertise on Instagram, on Facebook, and get more business that way. And that is feeding money, kind of like a pay-to-play sort of mentality, where you put money into you know this machine, i.e. Instagram or Facebook, and you're going to get sponsored posts, and you're going to then type in what you want to rank for. Instagram's going to put you at the top as long as you keep paying them. Okay, mm-hmm. so... The reason why I prefer SEO is because one, you don't have these retainers where you're putting in you know, large amounts of money every single month. So it's pretty much a free strategy. And it's like a snowball effect, right? Because as soon as you stop paying Google and these big conglomerates, they're going to kick you out. You're not going to keep those ratings. For SEO, you're going to keep those ratings as, as long as you want to continue you know, putting in, in content and fixing the website and just keeping track of things, really. So it's, it's like, you know, Amazon back in the nineties, you know, it's, it's starting off low, but you just want to, you're going to moon, you know, eventually. Yeah. So I always say that SEO, if you're starting off in digital marketing for your small business is, you know, the, just the low hanging fruit that, that you can really uh, spend time on that is going to, you know, pay dividends the most in the future. Nice. Yeah. I believe when it comes to marketing, it should never be an, an either or it needs we need to focus offline as much as we need to focus online. Now the pandemic, the pandemic created a situation to where people couldn't do that offline. I mean, I built a seven figure business 100% from word of mouth marketing and made the decision back in November, 2019 to start an online presence. And then surprise March, 2020 happened. And it was like, wow, that was kind of weird. I hadn't been digital for 10 years, 15 years. And I all of a sudden have started this digital presence. And, and I think so many people scram, scrambled to, to attempt to recover that they started spraying and praying and you know, just, just throwing money at, at Facebook, throwing money at Instagram, throwing money at Google just randomly hoping to get attention when, when there was no strategy. And, and, and I'm really curious as to if, if you think it's, it's a one and done, or if you think they all just kind of interfeed and intermingle with each other and complement each other. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, depending upon what you're using, the data is going to be exchanged either way, right? Like all these big data companies that they're all, you know, sharing the same data. So it's really one and the same, but um, for, again, you know, the, the, the business, like the small business, there's certain mediums and medias that are going to be better for them. So for instance, like a clothing brand would be great for, you know, Instagram and Facebook. It wouldn't be that good for Google, simply because you want to show off, okay, what do the t-shirts look like? You know, what, like if it's a, you know, um, a stylist, what do the haircuts look like? All that kind of stuff, beer grooming, all that stuff. So it's more of a visual type play, but for Google, you want to put in, I mean, more service-based businesses that are 
professional accounting stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, barber shops and, and, and gyms and, you know, fashion, um, you know, places as well. You can put them in Google too, but there's a definitely a customizable and preferred method for, you know, a business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm curious, you know, we're talking about the nuts and bolts of business. What, 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 and how, so let's start with the, what, what do you think mindset does to an entrepreneur and how do you think it impacts their ability to achieve success? I mean, I think it's the majority, right? I mean, you look at athletes, you look at any profession and what do they say? You know, it's, it's more mental than it is physical. And that's so true. And the reason that is, is because the physical part is very binary. You know, you go work out, you put in good food in your body, that, that part's soft. Mm-hmm. The mental, it's so much more, there's so much more external factors. Like what are people going to think? You have doubts, you have dreams, you have all these type of things that you need to, you know, focus in. So the mental is, is an imperative. And, and for me, for my team, it's important for me to have the same vision to, you know, some intern where we need to have the same vision because for one, you know, instance, if I convey that there's a different mentality than what I'm trying to achieve, mm-hmm. that person's going to relay that to the next person, to the next person. There's going to be a whole domino effect of my team getting weaker and mentally we're not going to be where we need to be. So it's very important as leaders. And again, like I said, you know, I, I always want to learn it. Me being a young leader, I hand raised, I, I have a lot to learn in this, this field. And I always will have that white belt mentality that I like to say, where even if you're a black belt, you're metaphorically always a student of the game, right? So yep. for me to have, you know, the, the knowledge I do, I want to apply that to the best of my ability, learn more, optimize it, strategize and give my team, you know, the, the new, new age of information. So it's everything. I mean, you know, and, and this is, again, you know, what people fail to understand is in today's day and age, we have information at our fingertips. We can, you know, type and, and Google all this stuff and, and find it on the internet. So, you know, th- there's no real excuse for the most part. I mean, if you have like some sort of, you know, issue with, with anything, really, I mean, for the most part, you can you know, find someone who's an expert mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe watch a YouTube video, excuse me. So it, it's, it's really everything. I mean, if, and that's something for me, I was challenged with when I had to deal with my dad, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's mindset is definitely everything. So, you know, the, the statistics are so far separated. The percentage is so small from those who make it versus those who don't. What do you think is the, the, the contribution, the reasons for such a huge delta. The, the statistics are basically 97% fail while only 3% make it. And then out of the 3% that make it, less than 1% of them truly ever achieve wealth. Yeah, this is a great question. So I really think the main factor is consistency, right? Mm-hmm. So let's take a step back. You found what you love to do, you're good at it as well. And then you're starting off, right? And you're having some, you know, slow bumps in the road. You have some success. You have some growing pains as well, but you need to be able to navigate and be like water to kind of, you know, take the shape that your business needs to be in that given amount of time. So for instance, one of my favorite fighters, his name's Conor McGregor, right? We all know Conor. Mm -hmm. He fought, Mm -hmm. you know, last month, unfortunately his his leg gave out. I don't want to talk about that, but um, (laughs) lost the money. But uh, 
it's a great example because his opponent, Dustin Poirier, when Connor was out fighting Manny uh, Floyd Mayweather and, and, you know, doing all these kind of promotional things with his business, he wasn't thinking about fighting. Mm-hmm. He was thinking about all these external things. So he wasn't being consistent. He wasn't getting up, going to the gym like Poirier was. And that's why I think over time he was more successful in MMA than Connor. Because don't get it twisted. The first time they fought back in 20, I think 15 it was, or 2014, whatever year it was, Connor starched Dustin. And why was that? Because Dustin at the time wasn't as consistent. Connor got in his head, he was more consistent, and yeah. he put in the, in, in, the, in the brute force work. And sure, you know, it, it's not perfect every single time. We go through all these kind of obstacles, like we were talking about earlier, that you need to callous your mind and overcome. But you get a level of confidence once you conquer that. And again, it sets you up for the next opportunity, you know, are you going to crumble or are you going to conquer? And that's really something that I, I think more people can, you know, really grasp and understand is it's not, you know, it's not one big decision. It's really a, a lot of micro, micro, micro decisions each, every single day that you need to, you know, say, okay, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to deal with that? And thinking about it for myself intrinsically right now, it's fascinating because there's so many different things that could have tripped me up along the way and tripped you up along the way and tripped up everybody along the way, but they yeah. just, we just don't let it you know, get to us. We just say, okay, we're going to plow through, be consistent, had a horrible day. Great. Show up the next day and go to work. Had a great day. Awesome. It's going to work next day. Same stuff. So it's consistency for me. Again, you know, I've been in this game for not that long, but that's really it for me. And um, yeah, I, I think it rides true for everybody really. I think consistency is a great answer. You know, for me, I learned I learned a long time ago. Uh, I've I've got a couple decades on you, and I learned a long time ago. We never have a bad day. We have a bad moment. You know, and if we allow that moment to consume us, then it takes our focus off where it is we want to go and what it is we want to do. And if we allow ourselves to accept that moment for what that moment is and then move on from it, we can still allow ourselves to create the day we chose. And that's kind of where uh, my tagline, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional, came from. Because you can choose to dwell in an issue, a problem, uh, a circumstance, or, and you can allow yourself to dwell on your success, your journey, your focus. And I choose to dwell on the latter than I do the former. It's very well said. Yeah. So how has, you know, you're, you're very, you're very versed. How has coaching, how has personal and professional development assisted you in your journey? So for me, it really starts at the, the mind, getting the mind right every day. So taking myself out of, you know, Sean Boyle, the businessman and like, again, Mm -hmm. base roots of Sean Boyle, the human being. If I can take care of my core, all the other verticals and horizontals are going to really take care of themselves. Right. So I guess I'll kind of start with what I do for meditation and kind of like what I would do if I felt anxious, because I've had, you know, my share of anxiety and depression, um, just like a lot of other people did. And I, I sought help for that you know, a little bit of medication and then weaning off slowly and, and, you know, doing what I need to do with my own strategy. Cause in my own opinion, medication is only going to get you so far until you can actually have these strategies that you, you really need to employ for yourself. 
and they've worked mm -hmm. wonders for me. Um, I know that for a lot of other people that I know that have similar issues, they kind of let the, the medicine take the full responsibility, the full blunt of uh, and bulk of, of that solution, which is just, in my opinion, it's not how it's supposed to be. It's kind of like, you know, it's not the perfect analogy of like Facebook and, and, and digital advertising and mm -hmm. SEO, but it's, it's kind of a facade. It's a mask. It's not, you know, really solving the problem. Right. So every single morning I like to, you know, wake up early and do like a breathing exercise, whether it's like Wim Hof or mm. you know, right to kind of like understand, okay, like just get my body and mind centered for the day and not mm -hmm. thinking about anything is a very hard thing. Being able to completely take out like any thoughts that you have about anything. Mm -hmm. It's very hard for me. It's very, like, I only, <laughs> it's very hard. Like think about nothing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's damn near impossible for me because my ADHD, it's just, it's just, there's always something going on in, in my brain. So for me to just have, you know, even five minutes of just sheer nothing, it's very peaceful mm -hmm. because then when I get back to the real world, I can then, you know, assess and, and look at things in a different light. And for me, I, I love that first thing in the morning. And then I'll pop and do, you know, a cold shower for like a minute or two. And I mm -hmm. do that because... I found that caffeine for me is, don't get me wrong, I love coffee, but it's just not the best way to kind of, you know, start my day because then I'll crash, you know, midday. And it's just for me, it's like I said, I, I love it, but I just hate the crash like we all do, right? Mm -hmm. So I found that taking a cold shower, it really gets me motivated and, and energized, you know, cold shower at you know, six in the morning um, for the entire day because mm -hmm. I'll hit the gym right after that cold shower. I'll then go into the office and, and just have a great day. So I think it's going to start with the morning and personal development wise, like with fitness and, and eating the right foods, putting yourself in the best position to, you know, succeed. I think it's always, you know, it's just for me, it's just a no brainer. I mean, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I love cheat days and I love, you know, like taking a little bit of time to, enjoy myself. That's very natural. You know, like obviously we all need to, you know, have, um, you know, a little bit of fun in our lives for sure. Mm -hmm. It's, it's what it's all about is, you know, you, you enjoying you know, the, the fruits of your labor. But for me, it's, it's really about, you know, one mindfulness two uh, diet and exercise. And then three, and this is surprising to a lot of people, but it's sleep. Yeah. Sleep is, it's, it's something that I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was in my senior year of college at Penn state, I had this horrible, and this is only, you know, this is last year, actually, this is 2020. So I had this weird spell where I was really only able to sleep like two hours a night. Oh, wow. And it was, I couldn't figure it out until I really like, again, looked inside myself and was like, okay, like you're anxious about getting out of college and, and starting up, you know, your own thing. It's, it's, you know, I guess everybody has those kind of, you know, fears, but for me, I really let myself, you know, think about it too much. And I was really mm. anxious. And I was, like I said, sleeping two hours a night. I was taking, I was prescribed Ambien. And I was still, you know, oh, after wow. the Ambien, I would sleep like maybe an hour. That would help, that would assist like another hour. Mm. For the most part, this, this happened for I don't know, like a month or two. I was sleeping two to three hours. And I got to tell you, having, you know, the ability to, you know, go and, and see, you know, a psychiatrist and, and getting the right techniques and doing all the right things that I did. And then, you know, 
having a, a good sleep schedule, mm-hmm. it's been fantastic. Cause I, I know a lot of people, they just want to crush and, you know, yep. do the 24 hour binge, but yeah, you need to have your body and, and mind reset. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, your mind supports your body and your body supports your mind. And if you are running them at full speed and never allowing them to rejuvenate and reset and reprogram and process, then you're going to end up staying in that fight or flight mode. And that's, that's the most unhealthiest place to be. Yeah. So, so Sean, welcome to the signature question of the show. And that is what does selling without selling mean to you? Really? It's all about making relationships and connections, right? So earlier in the show, I was talking about making that, person feel all warm and fuzzy inside, right? It's not just about mm-hmm. the dollar sign. Mm-hmm. For me, if I can have a conversation with a business owner and genuinely help them out and, and you know, feel like I have a, a friend almost as well and a client, that to me is really sell without selling. Because at the end of the day, I'm not trying to start, sure, I'm trying to get a client and, and do this, but I, I look through it as genuinely caring about them and, and helping them. So if I convey that that's exactly what I mean, and it is truly, then I don't see why I can't close, you know, every single deal that I come into. Obviously we're not perfect. That's not going to happen, but <laughs> that's really what I think about it. As, um, mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, you know, a lot of people, and I, I was once this way, I was told you, you know, I was all about the money when I was going to do engineering. Um, it's a short-term mindset and it's not going to last. And I think that if you have a long-term mindset with legacy implied where, you know, you want to be the best person you can be. And when you're done your days and you're gone, people are going to say, listen, Sean Boyle, half decent guy. He, he was a man of his word and took care of people. That's really mm-hmm. what I think I can, I can hang my hat on and, you know, enjoy at the end of the day. I love that. So welcome to the random round. I believe that success leaves clues. And I like to ask uh, our expert guests uh, certain questions so that our listeners can extract things that, that, that they want to apply to sell. So the first random round question is, what's your favorite word and why? Yeah. When you first ask me this, Stace, it's one of these things. It's it's one of these things. But for me, my favorite word, honestly, it is tremendous. If you're ever in a meeting with me, I, I look like Donald Trump almost because I'm just like tremendous. It's almost like he says huge. Like he's, huge. <laughs> he's that, whole, that whole gif and, uh, you know, social media buzzers like uh-huh. huge. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon did a whole bit on that. Tremendous is my word. Tremendous is, you know, if I say tremendous, if I drop a couple, you know, tremendous is in there, people are like, oh my God, Sean's having a, a pretty good day. So and it just, I, I just like the way it comes out of my mouth. I don't know. It just, it's, it's, a, it's a great word. It really is. I love that. I love that. So my last question in the random round is what is your favorite book and why? My favorite book is Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And that mm. is my favorite book because there's a lot of different success stories. And Malcolm does a great job of, again, looking within that person and seeing what made them successful. And there's, this is the beautiful thing about people. It's just like personalities. There's different ways of success. You know, what might work for me might not work for somebody else. might not work for somebody else. You know, so there's all these different strategies that Malcolm really talks about in Outliers. And I think for me, when I first read that, I 
got a bit of confidence. I was like, oh, I'm my own person. This is great. Like I, I, I have my own way of success and my own way of expressing myself that no one else has, right? No one else has what I have. So I think to each their own and, and it's a beautiful thing. So it was a very big confidence booster for me. I love Outliers. Great book. It's a great book. It absolutely is. Yeah. So Sean, I have loved our conversation today and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Before we head out, what's the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you if they want to reach out? Very simple. All you need to do is go to seanboyle.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-O-Y-L-E.com. I have my number on there, contact form, whatever you want to do, text, email me. I'll get it whatever kind of way uh, you decide to. But yeah, let's have a conversation. Let's talk. And I would love to help you out. Fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks so much. I, I've totally, completely, seriously had an incredible time chatting with you. Your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.